0: Hello, this is Paladino Live. We are on thesportstuff.com. We are on iTunes and Mediafly, and it is great to be back as this is episode number 14, and it is the 27th of May in the year of our Lord, 2008. And we are ready to rock and roll, as this is going to be a very basketball-heavy show. We're going to do a little talk about the Stanley Cup Finals first, so we'll get that out of the way, as that's not been the most entertaining series to start things out here, that's for darn sure, but that's pretty much the way hockey's been this year, late in the postseason. But anyhow, again, now, this is Paladino Live, this is thesportstuff.com, and of course iTunes, some of you out there, download this show off of iTunes, and I've... Greatly appreciate it. Great to have you on board. I'm glad to bring this show to you, and I would like you out there, please, people out there that listen to this show, please tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about the show. Let's get this thing spreaded out. Let's let people know. Let's get more listeners on board as we would like to get this thing on the move. Now, here on the thesportstuff.com, we do have a message board, and... It is at thesportspodcasters.com forward slash boards, thesportspodcasters.com forward slash boards, along with on the front page of thesportstuff.com, there is a button that should say TSS Boards on the upper right-hand corner. It's there 99% of the time, provided there's no website construction going on. But site's been pretty sturdy of late, and I'm very happy. It's been sturdy for quite a while now, um, and it looks great. We have lots of other podcasts on here as well. Don't abandon Pelagino Live, though. Don't forget about me. But do check the others out as they are worthwhile. Especially if it's a team that you like or say maybe it's somebody that you've heard before and hey, you know, this guy's a pretty good podcaster. Yep. Well, it's, I'm glad to think, glad to hear that you might think I'm a good podcaster as you're listening to this show. And keep on listening. As I said, keep spreading the word. Now, anyhow, there is a call in line. And I'd like you to please, please use this as it adds so much to the show. It adds a third dimension to any podcast as we can interact with our fans or listeners by hearing their voice. You know, everybody can hear their own voice here on the radio. Why not give us a call here at 916-912-4263, 916-912-4263. It is a voicemail. Mention the show that you are calling. Say, I'm calling for Paladino Live, and my name is Jack, or whatever. You know, probably leave a name in town, you know. Whatever town you're from, that, that works too. So if you're from St. Louis, let us know. Just add some, just some dimension to the show. Make your comment, complaint, trash talk, uh, compliment, whatever. You know, let's, let's have some fun. As uh, this show actually will... Uh, have some involvement via the message board, as I put on my first poll up there. Now, as I get into basketball, the question is going to be, who should the Wolves take with the third pick? So, and I got a lot of response on here, and I greatly appreciate it from you, and I will be reading a lot of those responses and letting you know the results to this point. And, of course, this poll will remain up for a while, because, hey, why not? Let's keep the discussion going. Now, first of all, we're going to head into the Stanley Cup Finals, and we're going to do that after a quick
1: break. What's up, listeners? This is Farzine. I am the host of the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportstuff.com, where we cover the Kansas City Chiefs, give our opinions, and go deep inside with the Kansas City Chiefs right here only on thesportstuff.com. We encourage you Chiefs fans, you loud Chiefs fans out there, to get on the show, voice your opinions, get on our boards, and talk with us. All listeners, including Bronco fans, are allowed in our show. So be sure you check out the Chiefs Endzone Show right here on thesportsstuff.com with me, your host, Farzine.
0: Here on thesportstuff.com, get on board the Vikings ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we have returned here on Paladino Live. And of course, again, this is episode number 14 for all of you wanting a reminder. And, uh, well, real quickly, we're going to get into the Stanley Cup finals as that's the only major thing going on in hockey right now. And, well, it's going to be pretty brief because, well, Pittsburgh Penguins haven't scored a goal yet. We're two games in. Game number one, Detroit wins four to nothing. Game number two, Detroit wins three to nothing. So go figure, and um, it's looking like the Detroit prediction is going ha- to be correct, as Detroit just proving they have the, the top momentum overall. Now Pittsburgh's momentum was just unbelievable going in, but it just it's funny how hockey is that way. Two teams with great momentum going in, and only one of them can sustain that momentum, or the other one just completely collapses. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have done that so far here in the Stanley Cup Finals, and it's almost certain that they're not going to win now because they haven't scored a goal. I mean, they they look like the Minnesota Wild did. In in 2003, the Minnesota Wild ran a run, but then this happened to them. They ran into John Sebastian Jaguer. And now the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins are running into a guy by the name of Chris Osgood. Remember that name? Remember Chris Osgood? Yep, Chris Osgood, a member of the Detroit Red Wings in the uh, Mid to late 90s and helped them win Stanley Cups in the past Now he was not the goalie during Detroit's third Stanley Cup championship That was in the year 2000, 2001 I believe Right around in that season Detroit winning their third, that was Dominic Hoschuk And Osgood was gone Um, And Hoschuk was the starting goalie going into the postseason At least kind of, because they're kind of doing a similar thing That the Wild used to do with Rollison and Manny Fernandez The little two goalie system and uh well Osgood has been so incredible throughout the postseason. Well he's gonna help Detroit win another Stanley Cup. So he's gonna get his third ring with the uh the Red Wings. Also known as the Dead Things if you hate the Red Wings, but um, this thing is looking very much in favor of the Red Wings and uh my goodness. Uh Michael Samuelson Samuelson, excuse me, scores the first two goals in game one of the Stanley Cup Finals, both unassisted. Daniel Cleary gets the se- gets uh, the third goal, his second of the season. Samuelson had his third and fourth, but then Hendrik Zetterberg, a guy who's probably going to be one of the Smythe Trophy uh, candidates in the postseason with his 12th goal on the power play to bury the uh, unfortunate Pittsburgh Penguins. That was very late in the game. Uh, gosh, there's only about 23 seconds left in the game, so... Kind of uh, almost like rubbing it in, but hey, that's just how it goes. Your your goal is to 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 get it done and win. You know, this is the Stanley Cup Finals. This isn't playground where you feel sorry for your opponent. You gotta you gotta get her done, and that's what happened. Now, I think Osgood has got to be the favorite for the <laughs> gunsmith Trophy because he's uh, been perfect in the Stanley Cup Finals and has been excellent in the entire postseason. Um, Mark Andre Fleury, a guy whose stats were. Very, very much identical to Osgood going in, not the same, and that's unfortunate for Pittsburgh Penguins fans. And I'll get quickly into more into what I think is going to happen later on, but we're going to quickly slide here into Game Two. Box score, three to nothing. Just another not so fun game for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Detroit scoring only 655 into the game. Brad scored his first goal, followed up by. Valtteri, Phil Poopa. I God, I can't. Pupa, excuse me. I can't. That's a name I'm not familiar with. But uh, yeah, he was the number two star in this game, of goal in and an assist. Osgood, number one star in this game, of course. 22 saves. And um, see, that, that's the thing. Osgood only had to say stop uh, 19 shots in game one and 22 in game two. So what does that tell you? I mean, Pittsburgh just not the same. Very flat. Um, Valtteri got getting his. uh Phil Pula, excuse me, there you go. I think I finally got it right. His fourth goal, assisted by Johan Franzen and Brad Stewart. So uh, Thomas Holstrom got the second goal, assisted by Henrik Zetterberg. But, um, yeah, Detroit peppering Marc-Andre Fleury. I believe they've had 34 shots in both games, as I'll go back and check that super-duper quick. 34 shots in Game 1, or in Game 2, excuse me, 36 in Game 1. So, yeah, Detroit... Clearly the aggressor and Pittsburgh, well, <laughs> Pittsburgh pretty much covering their, their face. They're the kid getting beat up covering their face right now saying, okay, stop, stop picking on me. I can't do this right now. Stop it. This is, this is worse than I ever imagined. And, but, uh, these are two teams headed in two different directions, long term and short term. Now short term right now, Detroit is obviously clearly the team heading towards a championship. Pittsburgh heading towards, uh, um, not getting one, you know, headed towards second place or whatever you call it. Just, you know, their an ending without a without a a, a title. But um, it is my opinion that long term, long term, these teams are also headed in another direction. Now, it could take longer than I expected, as in episode 13, I did make the comment that I think this could be Detroit's last hurrah, at least a last hurrah in terms of Stanley Cup championships, like. They may end up like the, say, the Boston Celtics in the NBA. uh, How they continue to um, be very, very competitive years after they won their last NBA title. Because the Celtics won their last NBA title in 1986. And uh, we're still competitive through 92 with the big three. McHale and uh, Parrish and Larry. The legend Larry Bird. So um, it could be the case with Detroit, where they I think this is going to be their last Stanley Cup for a while. Now this is just my opinion, so I could be totally wrong. But um, when you got guys like Osgood and Hasek getting much older, you know Hasek is what about 43, um, Nicky Lidstrom, Nicholas Lidstrom, the best defenseman in the league, is 38, and uh, Chris Osgood is uh, 36, or he will be 36 November 26th. So yeah, I mean, age is gonna catch up. Obviously, uh, guys like Steve Eiserman, he's, he's, he's gone. So, and I can't imagine that to Chris Chelios is gonna play too much longer despite the fact he is ageless. Because <laughs> he just keeps playing. Um, but I just am not convinced that this team is gonna be in the Stanley Cup finals three times the next couple of years. I mean, yeah, Henrik Zetterberg, who had a phenomenal year, is only, uh, See, this is why they're going to stay competitive, because you look at Zetterberg, he's only about 28, or will be 28, so he's still got quite a ways to go, his hockey players last in this league, he had 92 points this year, uh, the other players here with, uh Rufalski is much older, 70, 73 he's born, so that makes him about 35, um, you know, you got all these valuable guys on this team that are aging, and... That's just the way it's going to be. Johan Frazen, solid year, nothing spectacular. He only well, 38 points. That's okay. That's not the kind of guy that's going to lead you to a championship. He's about six months younger than myself, so 28. So there you go. Whereas the Pittsburgh Penguins, it's just there is no reason to not believe that this team is on their way to being the next dynasty. Like Detroit is going to be the old dynasty. They're going to win one more. And then the torch will be passed to the Pittsburgh Penguins, in my opinion. I think it's dynasty of old versus dynasty of new. And, of course, the veterans are going to get one last time because when they face head-to-head, you know, the veterans, if they still got it, they're going to take it, baby. If they still got that talent, they're going to take it. And that is what is taking place this season. As the Pittsburgh Penguins will be back in the Stanley Cup Finals. If they're not, I will be completely shocked. And I'm saying so shocked, <laughs> I won't know what to think. So that is my analysis on the Stanley Cup Finals. Detroit, well, I picked them in seven, and I don't think it's going to be quite that many anymore. It'll probably be uh, four or five. So that's unfortunate, but that's how it goes. And... Um, That is my analysis, and we will return for some heavy basketball talk. We're going to talk about the NBA, or who the Timberwolves should uh, draft, and also the conference finals, Boston Celtics, Detroit Pistons, L.A. Lakers, and the San Antonio Spurs, both of which right now are pretty much on course with what I expected, believe it or not. And I will get into that right after this.
1: What's up, everyone? This is Farzine, host of Kansas City Boom on thesportstuff.com, where we cover the Kansas Jayhawks, the Missouri Tigers, the Kansas State Wildcats, and other local college teams. We also touch on the Brigade, Wizards, Royals, and other sporting events in the heart of America, Kansas City, only on Kansas City Boom. Listen to Kansas City Boom right here on theSportsStuff.com with me, your host, Farzine. I'll catch you on Kansas City Boom.
0: We are back here on Paladino Live. And first of all, we are going to now get to that poll. Who should the Wolves take with the third pick? So now this is on the Sports Stuff boards. It is in the NBA section in the Minnesota Timberwolves section. I am the moderator for this section, as that's my quote-unquote title here on stuff.com So um, let's dive right on in here. Now, the poll consists of four players. O.J. Mayo, Brooke Lopez, Jared Bayless, and Danilo Golinari. And right now, Brooke Lopez is leading 6-3 to three over O.J. Mayo. Jared Bayless and Danilo Golinari not getting a single vote. So, I don't know what the deal is with that, but uh, that's how it goes. I'm surprised that Brooke Lopez is winning. as I personally picked O.J. Mayo, but a lot of you out there like Brook Lopez. Now, I understand the Minnesota Timberwolves didn't even have a center pretty much all year uh, when Theo Ratliff went down with that knee injury and eventually was waived and picked up by the Detroit Pistons. But I I don't know. I I'm sticking with my guns, folks. O.J. Mayo to me is the guy. Is the guy to take home on draft night. And um I've heard talk that Rashad McCants is in trade discussion, or they are in trade discussions. Uh, his name is being brought up. So um, I'm 100% for at least exploring what you can get for Rashad McCants. And if that indeed is going on, O.J. Mayo, baby. O.J. Mayo. You know, there you go. There's your solution. Keep Randy Foy at the point. O.J. Mayo, starting shooting guard, Corey Brewer, small forward. Corey Brewer or Ryan Gomes, the way that's going, Al Jefferson, um... Unfortunately, well, you're gonna to have to decide on what to do at center. That's the problem. But, uh, you gotta take the best player available. Especially when you're the Timberwolves, because <laughs> this team always screws up. Whenever they draft a need, like Radoslav Nesterovic. to me, just a complete waste of time. I just couldn't stand it. And, uh, you know, taking Wally Zerbiak back in 99, you know, it was a good pick, but they could have done better. They specifically just wanted a guy who could shoot. That's all that was, was a guy who was the purest shooter in the draft, and he was, but you passed on Rip Hamilton, you passed on Sean Marion, you passed on Ron Artest, and I know, stop laughing out there, I know Ron Artest is a thug, a punk, and a retard, but (laughs) he's a very good player, he is a very good defensive player as well, just overall, um, you gotta take talent, now of course, Ron Artest should have gone instead of, uh, at 14, instead of William Avery, who is Completely who was a completely worthless wash You know of a pick i mean i've never seen Anybody fall about as far as he did pretty Much unbelievable As he never was a factor ever He was done with his his Three-year contract once it was up and they Could uh, have a team option and whether to Keep or let him go well that Was the end of william avery's nba career But uh I certainly don't see that happening with any of these four guys listed. Absolutely not. And the million-dollar question remains, which one really will be the best player? You know, the ultimate truth is, I personally, my opinion, this is, of course, not even close to fact, my opinion is O.J. Mayo. But that's the hard part. You just never know. Will you know, what if Jared Bayless ends up being, you know, the next Baron Davis? Or Danilo Gallinari ends up being uh, like another Dirk? Or Brooke Lopez, you know, is Brooke Lopez Mark Blunt? Or is he, say, like a Tim Duncan? You know, I mean, you just don't know. That is what's so painful <laughs> about these drafts. I mean, there were two guys who are most likely the safe picks. And, of course, the Wolves get number three. And um, it's going to be tough stuff. But, yeah, uh, now that I'm done with that little antidote, we are going to get to the comments here. Puppet master. As he is a moderator of the Detroit Pistons section. You know, that's an excellent basketball team, by the way. His comment, OJ Mayo, endless talent. Definitely don't go with that foreign guy. The Pistons tried that, didn't work. I hear you, man. I hear you. Darko Milicic, what a, what a, what a bummer, man. You could have had Camilo Anthony, you could have had Dwayne Wade. You know, oh, wow. And there, there's another player that's uh, escaping me you could have had. uh... I'm not 100% sure who it was. It may have been Chris Bosch. I could be wrong if Bosh went the year before. But, yeah, good point, Puppet Master. And, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. O.J. Mayo, buddy. Uh, Rusty, administrator and obviously co-host of the crossover, Knicks and Nets. Nets and Knicks, excellent show. Love it. Uh, his comment, if I was Kevin McHale, I'd seriously be looking at Brooke Lopez. The t wolves need another quality big to back up Big L. And Lopez looks like... Looks a very likely type. Excuse me. If they decide to go small, well, then I'd go OJ. The thing is, though, the T-Wolves already have Foley, McCance, and Telfer vying for extended minutes in their backcourt. It's a tough call, but I'd go with Lopez. I agree, Rusty. It's a very, very tough call, and um, I lean, I lean OJ. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure if you really want to worry about somebody backing up Big Al. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Rusty means more or less he's got to, you know somebody to be with Al up there in the front. Lopez, I mean, yeah, you'd want Lopez and Al together. You'd want Lopez, if, if, if you're going to get him, you're going to want him to be the starting center and Big Al at power forward and, and you know, competition at small forward between uh, Ryan Gomes. If he's here, you know, if we re-sign him, he's a unrestricted free agent, by the way, or uh, Corey Brewer, who is absolutely going to be here long term. Now, good point about the overcrowded backcourt, uh, and to me, if – if OJ is indeed the guy, McCants most likely is gone, as they're not going to trade Randy Floyd. Just they're just not, not yet. That's uh, he's, he is too big of an investment to just dump just yet. Despite I was very very disappointed in him last year, as a lot of you probably know already. Tail fair, of course, not a guarantee to return. You just don't know if somebody's going to spend too much for him. As um, we all went through the Phoenix Suns deal, Marcus Banks. Marcus Banks offered $5.5 million by the Phoenix Suns years ago. Ridiculous, stupid, and uh, Suns are not happy about it, as uh, our buddy Dang Daveng, probably not a big fan of Marcus Banks either, or his contract, and uh, somebody might make the same stake with Telfair. I would love to have Telfair back, but not at that price, so we'll see what happens. Next comment made by Quack Quack, moderator of sports betting and the Portland Trail Blazers, a team I like a lot. Uh, he's responding to what Rusty said. He says, I doubt they're looking to draft Al Jefferson's backup with the number three pick. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. But then Rusty quickly responds, I didn't mean backup. In the sense that he could come off the bench to give Al a break, I meant backup in the sense that he could start alongside Al and take some of the pressure off his enormous shoulders. Exactly, exactly. You know, good point. Now there is Dave Deng, uh, Deng, moderator, Phoenix Suns, and great Run and Guns podcast, Phoenix Suns show. I would address the need for another big and go with Lopez. So another Lopez vote, as the Aussies love Lopez. I saw his highlight video on NBA.com. He's pretty ferocious inside on both ends. So, yeah, good point. I mean, Lopez getting drafted would not kill me. It just wouldn't. Now, Gotts, who is the Twins podcaster on this station... He wants Lopez. I personally don't care for O.J. Mayo, and the combination of Jefferson and Lopez will be hard to match. Nowhere near the caliber of Robinson-Duncan, but it's better than what they have. Well, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it's better than what they have. Is a uh, you know, the the closest thing we ever had to twin towers is either Joe Smith and Garnett, or a Rosho and Garnett, and uh, yeah, those two just, you know, those two guys, Rosho and Joe Smith, softies with a capital S. They're soft with the capitalists. They're terrible, I tell you, especially Rosho as the center position for the Wolves. You know, I mean, there's a reason why I'm nervous and afraid to take a center with the Wolves because we have been putrid in that area forever. Every time we take a center, we blow it. It's the wrong guy, and he's a pussy, and I just can't stand dealing with that. And I, I just pray to God that Lopez isn't that guy. But we'll see. As uh, he he would be most likely the best center in Wolves history. As uh, he he would have to be. If he isn't, then it's the worst pick ever. You know, Kevin McHale should be fired after that. If he wasn't sh- fired six years ago, you know, <laughs> you know he should be fired for this draft pick. If uh, say he takes Lopez and he falls, my opinion right there. Um, uh, Quack pack just laughing at Rusty's enormous. The comment about uh, enormous shoulders. All right. Red Sten, moderator, San Antonio Spurs. All righty. And his comment, Lopez. That's who he wants. A lineup of Foy, McCants, Brewer, L. Jeff, and Lopez with Telfair, Gomes, and Snyder off the bench will help them become somewhat competitive. And if Foy develops into a good point guard, then, yeah, they'll make the playoffs in a few years. Brewer is key to this team, too. Absolutely, Red Sten. Nice comment. Good insight there. As uh yeah, it would definitely complete the lineup, that's for sure. You'd have a full time center, um, obviously no guarantee Telfair Gomes or Snyder will return. I'm sure at least two of the three will. I wouldn't mind if all three did, but we'll see. Good comment though, definitely. As you guys are trying to definitely trying to make me believe in Lopez and uh Well, I mean, yeah. To this point, I wouldn't think he'd be the worst pick, but, yeah. Cush, administrator, and obviously the head coach, the head coach. <laughs> what am I talking about? The podcaster of Running of running with the Bulls, excellent show also. He voted for Brooke Lopez just for headline purposes on draft night. Brooke heads to the land of 10,000 lakes. Ah, gold. So <laughs> making a little quick comment there as he's just having fun. But, yeah, he, in all seriousness, does like Lopez, as his comment also after that. But seriously, folks, I like Lopez with Jefferson. That's a that's good size there. Brewer and Foy, too, they have a nice young core. Yep, sure. Not a bad comment. You guys are continuing to make me believe. And, um, hmm, so Rusty is telling Cush uh, to never try comedy again. <laughs> nice uh, quack pack. Quack pack, quack, quack, sorry. Brook Lopez is a stud. He is he has incredible touch on in the post and he takes over games when they're on the line. Exactly. That's the one thing that was mentioned on KFAN by Paul Allen. He also made that comment that Brooke Lopez, the ball did go through him. Um, whenever Stanford needed shots to be made late in the game, Brook Lopez was a go to guy. Now we know that's college basketball, but a go-to guy is a go-to guy. So it's somebody that desires to lead his team when they need shots. And uh, Kevin Garnett never was that here in Minnesota. So if you get a guy who wants to be clutch and has that desire to go out and hit the clutch shots late in the game, I'll let Tim Duncan in the post. That's that. That's cool. That's probably the most intriguing part about Brook Lopez, right there. That's that's some good. Talk right there Second City diehard Moderator Chicago Cubs And also Bears fan uh, He's responding to Brooke Lopez's uh, Quackpacks's comment And he says But he also seems to have Limited athleticism Which could really hurt him On the defensive end mm-hmm. That's my concern You just don't know And um, well he did block 2.1 shots per game Don't forget To me it's his rebounding Is his uh, weakest point Rusty again comments I'm not sure that's a huge issue with the position he plays as he's responding to Second City Diehard. He'll have the likes of Corey Brewer backing him up. So any deficiencies in Lopez's D might not be as much of an issue as they might have been. Might have otherwise been. We'll see. We'll see. That's kind of hard to say. You just don't know. And I make my comment in there saying I'm sticking, blah, sticking with O.J. Mayo as I'm saying. Yep, I'm going to stick with him. But, yeah, the, Lopez intrigues me more than he did before. Yeah. Exactly, you know, that's how I feel right now. And the final comment made by Jolie, a Lakers fan, and he's responding to what I said about sticking with O.J. Mayo. He says, I agree with picking Mayo. So finally, a third guy. <laughs> I even thought Mayo should be ahead of Rose. Big comment there, which I know people will think is crazy. Lucky drafting isn't up to me but I wouldn't be unhappy with Lopez either if I was a Minnesota fan. 20-10 and with two blocks in overrated Pac-10 is pretty good. In quote-unquote overrated, so he's saying that that's bull crap about it being overrated. Yeah, Pac-10 isn't too bad, but I do agree. I really love Mayo. I think he has the star quality, and a team that gets him won't be disappointed that they didn't get a top-two spot. Hmm. I agree, I, I think Mayo is clear, clearly the number three guy Just like Dwayne Wade was in the uh, LeBron James and Camilo Anthony era And obviously Anthony's become the number three guy of that, that trio by about 15 miles Because Dwayne Wade has delivered a championship And LeBron James is on his way to becoming the best player on the planet for a long time In my opinion, in my opinion But um, yeah, Dwayne Wade became that, and we'll see, and Miami, rumors abound, Miami likes O.J. Mayo enough to at least think about him at number two, at least, you know, they really are intrigued by him, apparently, I'm not completely buying that they're going to pass on Derek Rose or Michael Beasley for O.J. Mayo, but you never know, you never know, I mean, I'm thinking it's going to be, uh, oh, it's probably like 5% chance that they do that, because you're passing on one of, you know, you're passing on a clearly number, number one, number two guy, so we'll see, we will see. Um, uh, with that, we're going to move quickly, very quickly now, to the NBA's conference finals. And as I said, both series going exactly as I expected to this point, believe it or not, despite the uh, the shakeup that Detroit did. Now, Boston winning game one. Here we're starting with the Eastern Conference finals. Boston, of course, winning game one, 88-79. Garnett, very big in this game. And that was the night, you know, when I'm like, you know, I really, you know, I'm going to stick to my guns here. I I really, I really, got a sneaky feeling that the Boston Celtics are going to win the whole thing. The whole thing. That's what I was thinking that, that night as I was watching, that this team, despite their deficiencies on the road, they're going to win the whole dang thing. And, um well, maybe, as Garnett was huge this night, 26 points, four 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Huge. You know, absolutely huge. Ronda with 5 steals. So, And uh, Piers, solid game, 22 points Ray Allen, kind of eh, 9 points But um, very intriguing night by Boston As they pretty much handled the Pistons all night It was never really that close of a game Except for small stretches here and there But game 2 was the one that scared a lot of people Into thinking, hey, you know Maybe Detroit is going to win this Because Boston now is going to be tested As Detroit wins 103-97 to Boston loses at home Detroit. Um, my friend Paul Tuniverse Caniff made a comment saying that uh, Pistons are going to win now, the whole thing. Like like beat, beat the Lakers or Spurs too. Uh, yeah, it's possible. Very possible. But I am going to stick to my guns. Um, I made that comment anyway. Ray Allen finally wakes up. 9 of 16 from the floor. 2 of 4 from 3. and made all 5 free throws. 25 points. Ray Allen finally waking up. So that was a good sign, at least in that sense, but Rip Hamilton, huge, absolutely huge in this game. He hit big shots all over the place. He shot below 50%, but he made 10 of 12 free throws, and uh, yeah, 25 points, four assists, two steals, two blocks, three rebounds. Just hit big shot after big shot. Chauncey Billups looking looking healthy at least in this game. In this game, 19.7 assists, big shots down the stretch. Big shot Billups, two of two. From three point range, Raweed, as he smokes weed all the time, Rashid Wallace, <laughs> uh, also contributing nicely. 13 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, McDice really becoming a factor here. 15 and 8. 15 points, 8 rebounds, 3 steals. But Taysan Prince, ever the ever consistent defensive menace, playing 44 minutes in this game doing a very, very good job despite, you know, being an average shooter, average to be a below-average shooter, 5 of 15 from the floor. Um, the big three looking very good on this night. It's unfortunate as they just did not get it done. Pierce with 26, Garnett 24 and 13. Those are like the numbers he got here in Minnesota in the past. But that is just, it just wasn't enough. Sam Cassell not seeing the light of day all of a sudden. And uh, a lot of us wonder what the heck was going on at that point, as uh, you need some type of spark to get things going. No Sam Cassell. No Sam Cassell. But fortunately, Game 3 came around, and uh, if my prediction of Boston going to squeak this thing out in 7 was going to be true, they need to win a road game. <laughs> and, you know, to regain home court advantage. And guess what, folks? Boston destroys Detroit in Detroit. They finally, finally... Conjure up some of that old Celtic magic and defeat the Pistons on their court, 94 to 80. As uh, this game, pretty much no contest through the first half, got a little closer in the second, but never really close enough. Uh, Detroit fans booing the entire game, absolute just boo, boo, boo. You know they were not happy campers at all. There's some arguments between the uh, sports commentary commentators i apologize or mark jackson saying well yeah they should do you know they they have every right to be upset with this team you know for performing so poorly at home when uh you know this is an opportunity to take the driver's seat in the series jeff Van gandhi disagreeing uh saying hey you know you got to support your team you know maybe you could get a rise out of them if you stand up and say hey let's go pump it up but uh I, i i agree with mark jackson mark jackson you know Mark Jackson and I seem to think exactly the same way Whenever we make any comment at all And, and you know, I, it's pretty cool Just one point guard to another So, there you go You know, we seem to think alike a lot When it comes to things like that uh, Yeah, fans had a right to boo Because being, I've been on the wrong side of these type of games before as a fan in the stands Minnesota going in 1 to 1 uh coming home 1 to 1 against San Antonio years ago getting beat by what 35 I mean it is painful and really disappointing when you think your team has some type of uh momentum on their side and they just lay an egg beyond belief now this was way way back in uh 99 the spring of 99 San Antonio had not won a championship yet so i you know this wasn't during any dynasty run. So just letting you know on that one there. So I, nobody knew about San Antonio winning championships just yet back then. Uh, Rip Hamilton, the leading scorer again on this night, 26 points for the Pistons, but he was the only guy who really stepped up. Other than uh, Rodney Stuckey, who has been very valuable for the Pistons, he has been holding that team together at the point guard spot as Chauncey Billups again struggles. Mightily. He was a minus 25 in this night. One a six from the floor. Not aggressive at all. Six points, four rebounds, two turnovers, three rebounds in only 27 minutes. So, Chauncey Billups and that hamstring. Not looking good at all and could be the uh, end of the line for the Pistons long term if Chauncey Billups cannot regain his, his quickness as, uh, it, it's, it'd be a shame to see the Pistons lose because of that. It'd be better to see them lose because Boston steps up and, uh, beats them. Just simply beats them at their best. As that's what sports, that's when sports are at their best when things go in that direction. Now, very quickly into game four. This was a butt whooping for Detroit this time. Detroit wins by 20 this time. 94-75 or 19, whatever, if you want to be exact. Ray Allen's, uh, shooting back to sleep again. Only two of eight. Rondo, two of eight. Uh, you know, Ray Allen manages 11 points Because he got 7-9 and from the line So, not bad Not a single player gets over 16 points for the Celtics Garnett, the overall top player in this game 16 points, 10 rebounds And 3 assists, along with 2 blocks But this, <laughs> my goodness Now, I forgot to mention Jason Maxiel Of the Detroit Pistons Now, he had uh, 14 points and 3 rebounds And 1 block in this game But yeah, that block, again Guess who that block was on? Kevin Garnett. And guess who two blocks in the previous game were on? Kevin Garnett. Jason Maxiel has been swatting Kevin Garnett like like he's like a schoolboy out there. It's been unbelievable. As they they've been some embarrassing blocks, boy. I mean, game three, me and me and uh Marcus the forecaster were watching game three at Mark's apartment and uh my god, man. I, I was just I just Marcus is on the phone, I'm watching the game, and I just flip out. I couldn't believe the Garnett Garnett didn't even get to move forward. Maxiel already had his hand in the ball. Garnett couldn't even follow through on anything. The ball never even came out of his hands until it was on the floor. (laughs) Unbelievable play by Jason Maxiel. His uh, Pistons find two really awesome role players in Rodney Stuckey and Jason Maxiel. Stuckey just might become uh, more than just a role player the way the direction he's going A great draft pick by the Pistons in the mid-rounds McDyce though, the story of the night 21 points, 16 rebounds in game 4 As the Detroit Pistons even up the series uh, Chauncey Billups struggling again Only 3-12 of 12 from the floor 10 points though, he did get 2 assists Or 2 steals and no turnovers, So that's good for Chauncey But other than that um, This series is not a not it up and pretty much exactly where I expected it. Just they just flip-flop games two and three. So go figure. I am sticking to my guns. Boston in seven. I think Boston wins game five on Wednesday, loses game six on Friday, and wins on Sunday afternoon in Boston. I mean, they will win that game. There is no doubt in my mind that Boston would win game seven at home against Detroit. Absolutely. Only one team can win game seven on the road, and that is the San Antonio Spurs. As now we slide over to the Western Conference as we are getting into the twilight of episode number 14. That series is three games in. The Lakers in game one trailing by 20 points. And uh, I remember chatting on here with Farzine and other members of the uh, sportsstuff.com boards saying, Man, San Antonio is going to win the whole dang thing, aren't they? because the way they were kicking L.A.'s butt and how San Antonio, when they play like that, they never blow their lead, right, ever. San Antonio never gives up a game in the playoffs in that type of situation. When they're hitting, it's over, and they're going to go on and win the championship again. It's the last thing we want. But uh, I. it was just unbelievable what happened After, uh, sometime during the uh, – the second quarter, how LA recovered and got within oh, they got within eight points, they got under 10 points, believe it or not, at halftime. And it's like, huh, there's still a shot here. LA still trailing after seven, but then they beat the San Antonio Spurs 24 to 13 in the fourth quarter as uh, Manu Ginobili. Looked, had the look in his eye Like he wanted to kill somebody He was so, up, he was so furious And you know what I am not a Spurs fan And I'm sorry Red Sten But I hate the San Antonio Spurs Because they've already got their four rings And um, no, this is not somebody crying Because I, I hate winners I'm not a player hater I, I'm not a Spurs fan And uh, I'm tired of seeing them play I don't like Tony Parker and Ginobili Because I think they just... I just don't like their attitude. I just don't. They, I think they have an attitude. Uh, Bruce Bowen, I don't like at all. He's very, he's very much a cheap shot, other than the fact he's a very talented player. He is a cheap shot, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it felt good watching the Spurs blow this game. It really did. Despite Tim Duncan's 30 points and 18 rebounds and four blocks. That is like a Hall of Fame game by Tim Duncan. Unbelievable game. The crazy part though of the whole night, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, two points in the first half. Two points. And then you got to think, hey, you know what? Somehow some way along the line in this game, Kobe Bryant is going to make up for that first half. And he finished with 27 points. He finished with 20 Seven points. That means 25 points in the second half. It's just beautiful to watch. Kobe Bryant, as much as I used to really dislike him as well, because I, you know, saw him as this cocksure guy who was a ball hog and he was rooting and de- he was destroying a dynasty. He was treating Shaq like garbage, who I thought was the better player during his stay in L.A. at the time, not now, but at the time. Um, but hey, Kobe Bryant's maturity level has growing by about 300% the last three years or so. It has been a joy to watch. And on this night it was, you know, he he got nine assists in this game. Nine assists. Beautiful to watch. I mean, he is starting to show that unselfishness yet still dominance like a certain Chicago Bulls guy, certain Chicago Bulls shooting guard used to do. And uh, that guy will remain nameless but uh, that guy... (laughs) changed his attitude years ago when he was 28, 29 years old and led his team to a dynasty. So we'll see what happens. Pau Gasol, 19.7 rebounds. So good job by him as well. Uh, Overall, though, team effort, absolute team. This team plays as a team, folks. And uh, I haven't been able to say that about the L.A. Lakers for a long time until this season And um, they really Really Are you know I really am impressed By their team play Now game 2 the Spurs Obviously feeling the, uh, the Pain and the frustration After what happened In game 1 and nobody Scores more than 13 points for the San Antonio Spurs in game 2 As they are destroyed by 30 Points by the Lakers and uh, To me this furthers More and more likelihood that the L.A. Lakers are going to get out of the Western Conference. They are going to get out of there. Uh, Kobe, 22 points. Lamar, contributing 20 as well. So, right there, I picked the Lakers to win the first two games, and they did. So, we'll see. Uh, And now the ever-predictable Game 3, butt-whooping by San Antonio, as that's just how they roll, and that's how they rolled on this on uh, Game Three, 103 to 84, 19-point victory. Kobe breaks out the scoring, but <laughs> the assists are gone. No more assists. He got one, una. So Kobe probably getting more desperate in this game, trying to lead his team to a comeback. Uh, four turnovers as well. So uh, you know that had to factor into this game, and it did. Uh, Odom getting six assists, though. However, five turnovers. San Antonio playing as a team in this game. And Mando Ginobili wakes up the giant, as he'd been very, very uh, porous, very cold in this series. He wakes up and gets 30 points, 5 of 7 from three-point range for Ginobili. And that's the Ginobili I remember hitting one three after another. Frustrating opposing fans <laughs> beyond belief for that damn three-point shot because he just see that guy doesn't miss man when when he's going he is going folks uh, Tim duncan a 2020 game 22 points 21 rebounds five five assists to go along with that that is impressive stuff uh, Spurs are not dead and gone by any means is uh this series will go seven it will. Despite, the, despite what L.A. did in games one and two, this game will go seven. Uh, Kobe saying they will win tonight, basically. Well, he didn't predict it, no. But he's saying they are going for it tonight. They're not going to mess around. They're going for it. and Well, yeah, you have to. Uh, you win game four here, and uh, you're for sure going to win the series then, almost certainly. But um, without any type of goofy, insane collapse, the, the Lakers would win for sure. Um but I, I I think San Antonio wins game four. I think it's going to be the home, 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 home deal again. And this time, San Antonio not winning game seven, unlike what they did to the New Orleans Hornets. L.A. wins game seven at home. It'll just go game five, L.A., game six, San Antonio, game seven, L.A. So it's, I hate to say it, and I know that sounds boring, but that's the way this playoffs has gone. And, uh... These teams are so competitive in this final four That they are both going to go seven And they're going to be worn out But uh, I am sticking to my guns That it will be the 80s revived Boston and LA So not just Celtics revived But 80s revived So we'll see if I'm right And uh, we'll see what happens And I hope all of you enjoy this series As game four is about to happen tonight Within the next hour or so at least in terms of what time it is for me here. But um, we shall see what happens. And I hope all of you enjoy these series as they will be extended to the seventh game. And um, keep enjoying this May weather. It's been cold here, but I'm sure it's nice in other parts of the country. So take care, enjoy, have a good week, and we will be back when it's NBA Finals time. Talk to you soon.